Parenting Bites. This is Rebecca Levy of Kids Views. I'm here today with Amy Oztan of Amy Ever After. Hi. Hi, Amy. And Andrea Smith in our New Jersey bureau. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. Tech guru extraordinaire. Hi, Andrea. Hi, guys. Um, It's been a long break, I feel like. Yeah, that was my fault. (laughs) It was your fault for traveling. Amy traveled the world. It was. Amy was traipsing. (laughs) So because Amy was traveling and inspiring us, um, we thought today we would do a travel show, given that it's summer, and specifically a road trip show. Because I do think, even though Amy flew to far-flung places, um, that road trips are something every family pretty much does, whether it's near or far, um, sort of piling into the car at some point in the summer becomes reality, even if it's just to go visit grandparents or whatever it is, um, you will inevitably have at least an hour in the car with your children going somewhere, probably more. So we invited on the show today, Susan Pizera, uh, founder of Mom on the Map and also contributing founder to She's on the Go. Hi, Susan. Hi. Good morning, guys. We are so excited to have you on. We sort of thought, who would be great to have on the show who doesn't just talk about travel, but lives it, has yeah. four kids, <laughs> has been <laughs> stuck in the car many a day, actually oh every day. Pretty um, much, yeah. Yeah. But also, your site, what, one of the things I love about um, She's on the Go and Mama Map, She's on the Go in particular you guys cover so many places yeah, um, and so many different ways of travel, which I love. So it's not just family travel. Right. Um, it's really also just incredible locations and experiences right. and everything. And, and uniquely to like, since, you know, females usually are the ones in the family that, you know, take charge and plan the whole entire trips. We really just wanted to talk about um, the female aspect of travel and what not as a mom, what you look for when you go different places. So, cause you know what, we want to enjoy our trip too. So that was kind of the purpose of She's on the Go is to talk about the things that we look for and we like as women when we travel, not just as, as a mom. I feel like we also have to mention that you have Probably one of the best Instagram feeds. Oh, thank you. On the planet. Amazing <laughs> pictures. They will incite envy in everybody. <laughs> award winning, right? Didn't you win yes. at least one big award? Well, for that um, just a blogger, Voices of the Year Award in 2017. And then I've been nominated a couple of times. But you know what? I, I really just like taking pictures and, and, and having, you know, trying to capture unique uh, perspective of the places that I go. And I, you know, I, I involve my kids in the photo sometimes, sometimes I don't, you know, I just really enjoy landscapes and seeing all different kinds of beautiful things and then taking a picture. So I always remember. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I kind of want to jump in because I do think road trips are a challenge, um, both in planning, right? Because you want to figure out where you're stopping along the way and you know people are going to have to stop. Um, And then also tricks for sort of surviving that ride with your kids. Yeah. (laughs) You know, beyond just like everyone on their device and, you know, everyone on their headphones. Well, one of the things that's that's great about road trips is um, they are stressful. 
I mean, you have to go into that knowing it, but it's also such a fantastic opportunity to disconnect and reconnect with your kids and have conversations with them and them with each other outside of, you know, you're stuck in a, in a car for however many hours. So I try to use those uh, opportunities to um, engage in, you know, question and answering sessions and just having fun with them and getting them to interact with each other. Because, you know, not only do we as parents not um, always connect with the kids at home with the devices and everything, but the siblings also um, don't interact with each other too. So road trips are a great opportunity for them to connect back with each other too. So Susan, let's talk about, so let's talk about ages for a little second, for a second here. Um, Because obviously the kind of road trip you take, I think the age of your kids factors into the planning in a big way. Right. Um, So let's say we're traveling with toddlers. Right. Um, What would be some tips you have on, on sort of how to plan that so that you don't you know, well, you'll get a meltdown at some point, but so that you avoid as many as possible. Well, planning is everything, right? You just have to plot your course, know where you're going to stop because obviously um, toddlers are going to need, you know, you're going to have to walk them around, get some energy out of them, um, you know, let them burn that off and get some, you know, snacks, go to the restroom if they're potty trained. Um, I have some tools or tips to give you if they're not, but um, yeah, planning's everything. Pack a lot of snacks and, you know, books, games, things like that, that they can keep their hands busy too, not just um, the tech stuff. But we definitely, when the kids were little, so my children are uh, very broad age range. So my oldest um, is now 23 and my youngest is 11. And then I have the 15 and 17 year old there in the middle. So we've always had to kind of made sure that we've got something for everyone where, you know, my oldest son isn't bored and getting annoyed with the younger ones in the car. So when we did plan our road trips, we tried to stop at places that would make everybody happy. Um, And I did, I looked for attractions along the way. So it wasn't just we're stopping to eat, or we're stopping to take a bathroom break. I tried to look along the route to see what places we could go that would entertain them. And, you know, entertain me too. (laughs) Everybody needs that break. Yep. Um, When you're so I think some people feel like, I mean, you had four kids, but a lot of people I think feel like they need a really big car for a road trip. Um, but most people, that's not a reality, right? Like you're going to take your car, you can do what you want. Do you have any tips for sort of spacing everyone in the car or (laughs) creating that space for kids in the car? Putting dividers in between kids. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. You mean you're not supposed to do it like my dad did when we would drive down to Florida in the seventies and eighties, he would put the hatchback down and put three sleeping bags. I know, right? (laughs) Oh gosh. We, we, I'm one of seven. So we got thrown in the back of a station wagon, like no car seat, nothing. Like (laughs) it was a cramped space, but Here's where packing and how you pack for a road trip really makes a difference because, you know, if you are in a smaller car, um, we've always been, we've always had the larger car, so um, we've been okay. But if you have a smaller car, you're going to need to maximize the space in that. And so you can't overpack. Um, And for us, that always 
even with big space, we try not to overpack because we don't want to have like a cooler in the seat with the kids and them having to move their feet over on top of each other. And we try to always have things within reach of them. So they're not like climbing in the back seat to grab something. But I would just say, you know, pack as minimalistically as you can, if you are limited on space so that you're not overcrowding them at all. So packing for the car got so much harder when my kids' legs got long enough to need that space in front of them. Like we would put a cooler down there. We would put a duffel bag down there. And then all of a sudden when they needed to actually put their feet there, we were like, oh, we don't have room for everything in the car. Yeah. So you really do have to be, make sure that you pack um, minimally when you do have a crowded car. We, I've always had big vehicles just because, you know, not only road trips, but like sports equipment and strollers and stuff like that. So, um, but I did downsize just this past year and we're getting ready to do a road trip in August. So I'm going to see how that works um, with the kids. I think what also really helps when you're trying to organize the car is they make those things that hang on the seat in front of them where you have like little cubbies. I love those for the kids' toys and and crayons and all that stuff. Yep. When the kids were little, we took the, um, you know, those things that you put uh, where you can store your shoes, those plastic things, and you can put the shoes in the pockets. Yep. We would hang those over the back seat and we'd put crayons and paper and, you know, other little toys and snacks. So they were within easy reach of them. So they were hanging over the back seat real quick. I didn't have to turn around and, you know, grab it for them. They could get it for themselves. So those definitely are always helpful. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, I think um, one of the things that, one of my friends always packed and had ready and like a really great setup was her, basically her barf bag. Yeah. <laughs> like her, the car sick bag. I, I don't think anyone should leave home on a road trip or maybe nope. ever without the, the road trip, you know, car sick bag. Yep. Um, what do you recommend for that? Um, well, <laughs> okay. Funny story. Cause it's got multiple uses. Um, when you're on a long road trip and uh, stuck in traffic, which a lot of times leaving from our state, our lovely state of New York, the traffic it can be horrendous getting in and out. And um, so whether you have to stop, uh, there's nowhere to stop. Like you can't just pull over. So I've um, had uh, the experience of having to um, use a cooler <laughs> and <laughs> have empty everything out and have my child use a cooler on the highway. So now, which I think is brilliant, but some people might think is gross. I pack an extra cooler lined with like a trash bag and I have extra trash bags and it's an old cooler. (laughs) We don't store food (laughs) in it anymore. But if my kid gets sick or needs to throw up and I can't pull over, I've got it. Or if they have to desperately go to the bathroom and we need something it's there and again I have trash bags that I line it with and luckily I've only had to use it once since that initial accident and uh, I'm I was so glad that I packed it oh my god it's so funny one of my friends does um one of the little portable training potties yeah like sometimes you put in your stroller and they make liners for them that have a super absorbent core yep 
And so she just has a stack of those in her in her trunk still. Her kids are old, like yeah. old, um, with that porta potty and you know, and then the usual, the paper towel, the Lysol, yep. Yep. The, everything. You know, everything, the disinfectant stuff. Yeah. <laughs> we, had, we had one of those. I thought it was genius. The liners were like a plastic bag with a maxi pad stuck in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought it was the best thing ever. Both of my kids flat out refused to use it. Oh my God. And they weren't desperate enough. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. But we, I would also, if you, if you don't have room to bring a cooler or don't want to go the cooler route, we always bring gallon Ziploc bags because we went through a phase that lasted I'd say a good five years where every time we left New York we would be in stop and start traffic on Staten Island and my son would throw up every single time and the first time it happened it had never happened before so we weren't prepared he threw up all over himself and like half of the car and it took about 20 minutes to get to the next exit and we ended up like stripping him down in a convenience store parking lot, tossing all the clothes, tossing his booster seats. We were like, you know what? You're tall enough. And like just for this trip, you are. And like just putting him in new clothes, we kind of hosed him down with with water that we bought in a convenience store and put him back in the car. And then like the moment we got to my mom's house, we dumped them off and just took the car to get detailed. It was the most disgusting trip. Yeah. But it got to be so routine that he would just throw up in the Ziploc bag, close it and done. Like it, no mess whatsoever. So that's so funny because when we lived in Brooklyn and I worked on Sundays, my mom who lived in the city, you know, she would love to have Matthew over. So it was a great day for me to give my husband a break. I would drive Matt into the city and and drop him at my mom's. Every single Sunday, he threw up in the car on the way to my mother's. (laughs) And it got to the point where, you know, he was too young. He was a baby. So he couldn't tell me, you know, it was like a year old or, you know, 16 months old. I couldn't, and I was driving alone. I couldn't get him, you know, a barf bag. And I would just pull up in front of my mother's house, look at the doorman and say, can you call my mom? There were no cell phones. I couldn't call her on the way and tell her to be prepared. And every time she'd come down and say, I love you. And I really want to watch him, but do you have to deliver a barf baby every week? <laughs> See, I'm sorry, audience. This is started a road trip podcast. Okay, back to road trip. How to survive your child vomiting in the car? But let's face it; like, I feel like that is one of the biggest issues, issues yeah. people face. Um, and I think knowing where there are clean rest stops also like there's yes. a big difference between a real rest stop and like the nasty gas station yep. bathroom that's like outside oh those are especially if you have a girl like just mm-hmm. it, they're the worst like i would so much rather wait and find a wendy's or a mcdonald's or something yeah we always tried to plan our bathroom stops with with restaurants do you know what i mean where we we're gonna eat this is our bathroom stop too and it gave everybody a chance to, you know, walk around and stretch their legs too. Right. And I think if you have a pet in the car, we didn't really talk about that, but people do, you know, road trip a lot of times with their pets because they don't want to pay to board them for that length of time. Um, you yep. have a dog. Don't you have a dog? I too? have two dogs. And you know okay. what? We don't do um, long, long road trips with them, but we have um, done like shorter ones. Like my sister lives in Pennsylvania, so we'll take the dogs when we go there. And yeah, you have to stop, get out, walk them at the rest stops and everything. And, you know, if you know where the rest stops are along the way, it's, it's 
they're always usually clean. There's food. There's an area to walk the dog, um, get, let them, you know, walk around and do their business and then, you know, get going again. But you know, knowing where those nice rest stops are along the way always helps. There has to be an app. Has somebody written like a website or an app? Well, there are different apps. I mean, um, the ones that help you find like, um, a good gas station, like if you're in the middle of nowhere and, um, of course, Waze helps. And then there's, um, a wrap, uh, I'm sorry, an app called road trippers, <laughs> which we've used before. And it helps you find like local diners and roadside attractions and, um, things that like you don't normally find on Google maps. So that's also a really good app that we use. Oh, I like that. We use, um, I mean, obviously we also use Yelp while we're driving. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If we want to find something that's not just fast food, right. um, which I find really helpful because you can search like literally in the map you're in right now while you're driving and then sort of see what's an easy on, what's an, what's yep. an easy off, um, which I find helpful because there's only so many of those rest stops, you know, right. like how many times can you do Starbucks right. or whatever's right. in those places. Um, well, it's really, hard. it's, it's for us when we are researching our, or, you know, planning our road trips, I always like to um, go online and see, again, look at our route and see what you, what's there, what is highlighted for that area. Like whether it's like a local diner or a coffee shop or, you know, donut shop or whatever it is, or even some fun little, like, um, like, petting zoo or animal like a farm or something just to break up the trip a little bit um even if it's just for an hour or two and we'll we'll stop and we'll try and enjoy i mean it adds to your trip right you know we mm -hmm. not only got to our destination but we had some fun along the way right i think this might be why i'm not a good road trip person because i always look at the time in the car as just getting from one place to another and like I don't want to stop. I just want to like get to my destination. I need to look at it in a different way. Right. Well, I mean, and I mean, that's for us. I mean, and I'm going to say it because as New Yorkers, look, our road trips take longer than most people <laughs> because just to get out of here, it, you know, is on its, in itself a challenge. So, um, and I'm out here on the island getting, you know, anywhere off the island, uh, like adds, especially you have to, plot the time of day you're leaving it adds she's, she's deep in long island for those yeah. of you who are not from around here like deep in right yeah so getting off for, adds you know hours to our trip so those stops end up being really important to us I mean and we do obviously want to get where we're going but I mean after we leave or get off the island I'm like all right where we go where we're gonna stop we're gonna stop here because it you know nothing is more miserable than just being confined in the car for hours with cranky kids and they want to, you know, when are we going to get there? When are we going to be there? So I definitely always try to plan in like a little bit of fun time along the way. I think there's also a safety issue, mm -hmm. right? Because if you're driving a long time and maybe you and your um, you know, significant other are switching the driving on and off too. But I think people, you know, falling asleep at the wheel yeah. is a real thing, especially if you end up on these long stretches of road where there's nothing to see. Nothing. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, and it, it's, I think people become very focused on the getting there rather than, 
okay, if I, it's better to stop yeah. and have some coffee or even let the driver take a 45 minute nap in a parking lot. Yep um, and get out and stretch. Um, it's just, they say, right. Being tired at the wheel. By the time you realize you're falling asleep, you've probably fallen asleep three or four times. Yep. Um, and it's more dangerous than driving drunk. And it's not just when you're tired. I, I, I will try to find this article. I don't know if I will because I read it a long time ago, but it was a study about how if you're on a stretch of road, they especially talked about Florida where the roads are so just long and straight and boring, um, you can get hypnotized and it has the same effect as falling asleep. Oh, that's so weird. Oh my gosh. I once drove from here, Long Island, to um, Duck, North Carolina, with my three youngest, um, I think Sam, Sam was elsewhere and he was meeting us down there. My husband actually could not come at the same time that I was coming. We were going for a family reunion and I had, um, an 18 month old baby that Mia was 18 months old. And my other ones were like, uh, what, like five and six at the time uh -huh. it took me hours. And at that time too, I didn't have like a cell phone, um, to like a car jack to, to charge the car. Like you didn't think about, I didn't think about those things. And I was law, I got lost, um, oh. trying to get to my location and I actually had to pull over and find a payphone. But during that trip, cause I, I left like late at night to try and get there early in the morning. Like I slept during the day during that trip, I still made sure with me by myself, I stopped at a known rest stop and rested with the kids, changed a diaper, had them get out, walk around. But I made sure to stop and take the time to like shut my eyes, just rest for a little bit and then go on. But you know, those, those kind of lengthy, lengthy road trips like that, you really, you know, definitely have to plan, okay, I'm stopping here. I'm stopping here. I'm going to rest here. And especially if you are the only one person driving, if you can, you know, switch off with somebody, that's fantastic. But I didn't have the opportunity then. I'll never do that again, though. I will tell you that. <laughs> yeah, that's scary. That's yeah. really... Uh, you, I think when you realize, when you realize you have your kids with you, mm -hmm. that's when it becomes scarier, right? Yeah. Like you just, when it's just you, it's bad. But when you're responsible for your children, you're yeah. like, what am I doing? Yeah. So what are some of your favorite road trips? Gosh, I've have been on so many. We always love um, our road trips to my sisters. Those are shorter, but we are familiar with the area. However, we always like to try and stop somewhere new. We have this favorite diner that we stop at along the way. Um, it's one of those things where we're comfortable with that ride because we we've done it a lot. So we do know where we're going, but I always try to find something new and that's fun for my kids. Like they know, all right, we're going to stop somewhere new. That's one of our other favorite road trip road trips was around Yellowstone, which was amazing. And of course that had to be fully planned because it's always so busy there pretty much all year round. Um, and those type of things, you also really need to, uh, read about and follow the rules of the area. It's can't just be, you know, okay, we're going to stop here. We're going to do this. You have to know what areas in those parks are safe, um, what you can and can't do. So that was one of our favorite, um, trips, but that definitely required a lot of planning, the more planning than usual. 
And did you fly there and then road trip? Is that what you did? Yeah, we did fly there and then road trip. That's really fun. So what do you, what do you do? You know, you have an older son. I have an older son now. What do you do when the kids want to start driving? Do you let them pitch in and take over some of the driving? Um, I haven't had him do that yet, but my husband has. Um, and I mean, I don't, this isn't a vacation road trip, but my son now lives in Austin, Texas and his, his car was here. So my husband and him drove down from New York to Austin and they took turns driving the whole way. Um, although they did not stop, which I thought was ridiculous. I had booked a hotel in the middle so they could both rest, but I guess they took turns sleeping on and off in the car. I, he, I would have no problem with it now. I mean, absolutely none. He's, you know, good driver safe. And yeah, with my, my, 17-year-old daughter just got her license and there's absolutely no way I would ever <laughs> I would ever let her uh, pitch it on a road trip so That's funny. <laughs> yeah it definitely definitely depends on the age yeah well when my son started driving you know at first I was very nervous very scared but now I I feel like he's a safer driver than I am like he would never look at his phone you know and he he's always constantly looking all around him so I love driving with him because I feel totally safe yeah. in the car with him yeah well, I'm not there yet. <laughs> With my older son, yes, because he's, you know, had a, a few years experience behind him. But yeah, 17, I'm not, I'm not good with that yet. <laughs> right on the whole road trip. That's terrifying because my son is, is he's been eligible to get a permit for almost a year now and he has no interest. And like on the one hand, he needs to learn how to drive at some point. But on the other, I'm kind of glad that he's not doing it yet. Yeah, he's a city kid though, Amy. I mean, I did not get a driver's license until... I was pregnant with my son. So I was in my <laughs> mid-20s and living in Brooklyn, which to me wasn't the city because I grew up in Manhattan. So, but city kids just, you know, it's so easy to get around. You don't even think that you have to learn to drive. Right. My daughter's already said they have no desire and they never will. They really, they, and I'm like, you have to learn how to drive. They they do not, they do not want to well, drive. Well, for suburban kids, Period. that's the, your means to independence. For city kids, they just don't right. need it. Yeah. Well, back to the, you know, flying somewhere and driving. Yeah. I, I love doing that. I mean, that's how you're going to, you can't just go, you know, someplace like New York fly to Wyoming. Cause it's, it's hard to get there and not see as much right. of the state as you can. Right. So yeah. a lot of times we will fly somewhere and then drive and see as much of that area as we can. Um, that's a huge, you know, not just road tripping from your house, you know, road tripping from your, you know, points of, of arrival when you get there. So we've done that in Wyoming and we've done that in Texas and we've done that in Florida where we'll fly there and then just you know, rent a car and travel and, you know, again, same planning, but it's a great way to maximize or, or not maximize, see as much of the state uh, or of that you're visiting as you can. Right. And we've done that in Europe. I mean, we, we road tripped pretty much all of Italy and I think you can't, you cannot, unless you want to be on these big tour buses. Nope. Um, that's all. And, you know, and you don't have to learn, you don't have to drive stick anymore. <laughs> There's a ton of automatic, you can rent an automatic in Europe now. But yeah, it's also just, I think, a skill you need. But um, in general, I love road trips. I do think you see so much yeah. more. Um, I hate that idea of states being flyover states. Um, I just think everywhere is 
road tripable, um, even if you fly there first, but everything's worth sort of exploring. The longer road trips that we have done from home to wherever, um, those have always, they, yes, they're stressful, but we've always had such great memories. Even like I said, with the kids connecting with each other, we try to, I am a big believer in those books that give you the uh, conversation starters, especially when your kids are tweens and teens and they're so into their friends and not wanting to bother with parents or siblings. So that time where you're in that confined space is, you know, important, I think, where yeah, yeah. So you're going to you're going to have conversations with them that you're not going to have in your everyday or even traveling on a plane. And, and there's something about the lack of eye contact that I think makes them open up more. Yeah. Like if the kids in the back seat and you're in the front, they they will be more open. Yeah, that's so true. All right. Well, thank you, Susan. This was fantastic. Um, tons of information. We're going to have links to all the things we talked about, maybe even some coolers <laughs> that, that, that you can use. <laughs> So we'll be right back with our Bites of the Week. We are back with our Bites of the Week. Susan, as our guest, I'm going to start with you. Okay. (laughs) What would you like to recommend? Well, I mentioned it um, earlier. The Road Trippers app is great when you're traveling and it can tell you along the way local diners and roadside attractions and things that you normally wouldn't find yourself so I highly recommend that app for road trips. Great. Perfect. And Amy, what do you have? So as we kind of mentioned at the beginning of the show, I was traveling for two weeks. Um, I, I went with my family to France and Italy for a couple of weeks. And it was kind of sort of last minute, not last, last minute, but like we booked the tickets, the plane tickets about five weeks beforehand. I think it was like two and a half weeks beforehand before I even started looking for accommodations. And then like in the days before we left, I started looking at things to do. So it was all very, um, it it was not deeply researched. Let's put it that way. And um, I, when we got to places, often there was like an audio tour at the place that you could rent, or, um, we were, we did some group tickets thinking that we would get into some places faster. And sometimes the group provided an audio tour. We didn't like any of them. We started just automatically at each place, either each museum or each city or whatever, going to the Rick Steves Europe audio app. Um, it's fantastic. It's free. Uh, Rick Steves is this travel writer that I had never heard of until I started Googling things to do in Europe. And, um, you download this app and then you can look for the destinations where you're going. And he has like ones for Britain, ones for Eastern Europe, France, a bunch for Italy, um, Germany, Turkey, Ireland, a whole bunch. And you can download, the different cities or the different places that you're going. And, you know, like if you're in the Louvre, uh, three of us had never been to the Louvre and I hadn't been there since I was like 15. And it's like, it's the highlights. It takes you like two hours. You see the famous stuff you've heard about. He gives you just enough information without going into like art school crap (laughs) about it. Um, and like, that's what it's like for every stop. Like, this is not for people who want to deeply study something. It's a good overview and he's funny and, and I still can't believe that the entire thing is free. So if you're traveling to Europe, I highly recommend the Rick Steves Europe audio app. 
That's great right. because so much of that, I, I know when we were traveling, it's kind of like, okay, we saw it, cross it off the list. You know, you want to know what you're looking at. You want to get a little sense of the history behind it and move on when you're going from city to city. So that's awesome. Exactly. And it wasn't just museums. Like you can do a Renaissance walk in Florence or, you know, stuff like that. It's, it was, I, I thought it was just fantastic. And he's got the same kind of corny humor that I have. <laughs> All right, Andrea, what about you? So mine actually is, is kind of a car thing. Um, so I may be a very high-tech person, but I have a very low-tech car. In fact, one of my cars still has the um, Apple 30-pin to um, 3.5-millimeter audio cable so I can listen <laughs> To, the, to my, you know, three generations ago iPhone, right? Um, and the newer one, I have a cable that goes from my iPhone, you know, and it's a two-end cable that goes into this 3.5 millimeter jack. So Belkin, who makes great audio products anyway, has just come out with a single cable. It's a 3.5 millimeter audio cable with a lightning connector on the other end. So you just connect your iPhone right into that jack in the car and you can play your phone through the uh, aux link and it just it's like it's brought my car into the next century <laughs> it must because you obviously don't have a usb connector in <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't have bluetooth i don't have built-in bluetooth in the car i mean it's right. it, my car was the last year before you know bluetooth became standard so for 30 bucks you get one of these cables oh and also if you have a speaker at home that you don't want to connect via Bluetooth, you want to actually connect from your phone and hardwire it to a speaker, it goes right into that um, 3.5 millimeter jack in the speaker. So it solves a lot of problems for me. Yeah, that's great. You can turn it into a party car. You can bring a big old speaker. (laughs) (laughs) My son will drive with me now. (laughs) Exactly. That's so funny. All right. So my bite of the week is super practical. But sort of travel. Um, So my daughters both have retainers, which back in our day, when you had braces, you wore your retainer for like, I don't know, (laughs) three months at night, then you lost it and you never wore it again. Right now, these kids are supposed to wear retainers for the rest of their lives at night um, to protect your investment in their teeth. And they're gross. (laughs) <laughs> just they're gross um they look like invisalign you know they're but but they you know they pull them out of morning so we were spending a lot of money on special retainer cleaner called retainer bright um and then a friend of mine said you know the retainer bright is just effort in yeah and i was like what and she's like yeah it's the denture cleaner you can get like the cvs brand <laughs> for no money um, and you get a thousand tablets or order it on Amazon, like the no name brand. And you just, it's the same thing. You stick the retainer in the glass and you, you, you know, use the effort in thing. So I'm like, that's great. What we also realized, and this is sort of where the travel part comes in is they work amazing for cleaning and disinfecting stainless steel water oh, bottles. Wow. Oh, so your gross water bottle, like that you really can't get in there to clean, like you can buy specialty brushes and you buy, so they just drop an effort in it. And it's so amazing to travel with because it kills all the bacteria also in the water bottle. 
Um, and so when you're traveling, just pack a bunch of effort in with you, even if your kid doesn't have a retainer and you can clean your water bottles on the go. You just drop that effort in it's three minutes and then rinse it really well, obviously. Um, but because it's used for dentures, it's safe. It's meant to go back in your mouth. So, um, it makes them sparkling clean. It takes wow. any funky smell out of them. Um, and it's, yeah, it's changed. It's changed a lot for us because, um, my husband, it was his pet peeve was those bottles. Like you'd get the gunk under the lip and all that stuff. But just Oh, and those things smell so bad, don't they? Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. So you can get the minty effort in. That's awesome. <laughs> then you can have minty yes brands. <laughs> yes. So that's my travel tip. Um, and I packed a bunch of them for my girls who are both traveling. And it just, you know, and you also don't have to worry about, I mean, I wouldn't put, obviously, horrendous water in it. But because it kills like 99.9% of bacteria, it's also helpful for that. Can I tell you, when we were packing for this trip, I asked my daughter, because um, we both re wear retainers at night, I was like, hey, I'm packing the the uh, the cleaners. How many do you want me to pack for you? And she was like, oh, I don't clean mine. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm just going to forget that you even <laughs> said that. I don't want to know that. It's so gross. My big fear is that they leave the retainer in the cup, and then, like, housekeeping comes. Oh. the hotel just dumps it out and you know whatever so I'm always like please just do it at night when you're brushing your teeth and then the rest of the time just rinse it in the morning and put it in its case like yep. I have such a fear it's like losing $300 yeah very stressful um but that is it that is our show today thank you Susan thank you so much for joining us thanks for having me it's great to have you on I'm oh, sure yeah. we'll have you on again we'll do a <laughs> holiday travel <laughs> Yeah, all the actually people probably start planning now i know we are we're already sort of thinking about it um but that is our show today you can find everything we talked about on facebook.com slash parenting bites and of course at parentingbites.com you can find us on apple podcast app google play anywhere you get podcasts really and until next thanks week. guys bye thanks susan thanks amy thanks andrea thank bye. you good to talk bye. to everyone thank you susan bye